Jason Sneed, who is the executive director of Honest Election Project Action. I don't know. I got to start with that. Jason, good morning. Thanks very much for talking with us. Will we ever have a majority of people, both sides of the aisle, I agree it was fair and legit election ever again, ever, do you think? Well, you know, I certainly hope so, but I think that's why it's so important that state legislatures keep doing the work that they're doing to improve the integrity and security uh, of our election system so that voters can have confidence again. I think that's the number one goal in the election integrity space is restoring and bolstering voter confidence so that we can know the results of future elections accurately reflect the will of voters. Right. And so I got to ask, the headline caught my attention. Mail-in ballots are turning voters into victims. What do you mean? Well, we've known for a long time, and actually up until 2020, this was something which was acknowledged even on the left, that voting by mail is the least secure and most problematic form of voting. And what I mean by that is any time that you see actual proven cases of fraud that affect more than one or two ballots, it almost invariably uh, involves mail-in voting. And the reasons are, are self-explanatory. You know, you're talking about ballots that are being sent through the mail, being handled by people who are not election officials. When voters are voting outside of the polling place, they can be subjected to pressure, intimidation, coercion. That would be very difficult to pull off inside place. So much can happen outside of the you know, otherwise watchful gaze of election officials and election observers that it is the easiest uh, way to commit fraud. It's also the easiest way to wind up running into all sorts of problems, you know, innocent mistakes, logistical errors, things that can ultimately disenfranchise voters and cast doubt in the outcome of elections. Well, and there always seems to be little stories here and there about, uh, well, we uncovered 20, we uncovered 200, we uncovered uh, both Republican and Democrat, we uncovered a small amount of uh, fraudulent votes. It still doesn't to uh, lend itself to widespread voter fraud. Are those kinds of stories just uh, enough fodder to keep people from yelling and screaming and saying, you're right, you're right, we found some fraud, 200 votes last week, so calm down? Well, you know, the, the, the thing that always, always gets thrown back in, uh, in, in our faces when we're talking about fraud from the left is that, you know, you're only talking about a handful of ballots here or, you know, a couple of hundred ballots there. That's, right. that's sometimes true. But, you know, we have a lot of elections that are decided by one vote. We have a lot of elections that are decided by a few hundred votes. In uh, particularly local or even some statewide races that have huge implications, that could be the decisive margin. Here's an example, right? The, the, the Democratic Senator Al Franken, who became the 60th vote in the U.S. Senate a little over a decade ago, that gave us Obamacare. That race was decided after months of litigation by a margin of just a couple of hundred votes. And in the last couple of presidential races, the decisive margins have been measured in a few tens of thousands of votes. So the idea that you have to have millions and millions of illegal votes before anyone should take this seriously, which has always been the left's position, is absurd because so many races are decided by narrow, narrow margins. The 2000 presidential race, Bush v. Gore, was decided by 500 votes in Florida. 
And we've seen instances where fraud has affected more ballots than that in some of these races. So the idea that we should be waiting for our elections to be rife with fraud before we take preventive measures, or even worse, undo the preventive measures that prevent elections from being rife with fraud, just makes no sense. Mail-in ballots are, I'm guessing, here to stay in one form or another. What's the fix? What? How can we make mail-in ballots legit and everybody feels that way? Well, I think there are a couple of very common sense, and I would add, if you look at polling data, very popular measures that states are adopting and that every state should adopt. Uh, this starts with voter ID for mail-in ballots. Uh, There is a very basic premise, I think, that most of your listeners would probably agree. Um, You know, opinion polling consistently shows more than 80 percent of Americans agree. You should have to show a photo ID when you vote. Well, I think that you should have to provide an identification number, a driver's license or a Social Security number on your mail-in ballot. We often use signature matching to identify the voters casting ballots, but that's a subjective process. We need to replace that with an objective identification standard so that we have uniformity across the, the, the rules for how you vote, and we have identification for every ballot that is cast. Uh, second, we need clean voter rolls so that we know that people who are requesting and receiving ballots and when ballots are being sent out that they're going to qualified, eligible voters in a jurisdiction. Uh, third, we should not be sending unsolicited mail ballots. You know, this was something that we saw done in 2020 when states were, were lurching towards mail voting because of COVID. They were sending ballot applications or even ballots themselves to every voter on their list without waiting to receive a, a request to do so. And we saw in a number of jurisdictions, we saw ballots getting dumped in trash cans, left on the side of the road, literally on sidewalks, because they couldn't complete the mailing because the voter that it was going to had left or had died. Uh, So these are problems. We should not be sending unsolicited ballots. That creates opportunities for fraud. There are common sense steps like this that every state can and should be adopting. And then there are some logistical fixes, too, because it's not just fraud that we have to be concerned about. We also have to be concerned about ballots getting lost in the mail or ballots arriving late. So another thing that states should do is uh, is set the, the limit for requesting a ballot two weeks before an election day so that the absentee ballot request can get to officials, the ballot can get mailed back, and you have time for that two-way delivery through the mail system. Uh, And you can also provide um, greater security for drop boxes, which has been a real contention point. And then lastly, I would advise that every state get rid of ballot trafficking if they haven't already. This is an organized practice where people who are paid to collect ballots and have a vested interest in the outcome of elections are allowed to go door to door interacting with voters while they are casting their votes. That's something that would not be permissible inside of a polling place when you're voting in person. But it's called community collection by progressive activists to try to give it a, a nice euphemistic veneer of, uh, of common sense. But what it actually allows is for fraud, for pressure, for coercion. It's long been advocated, even by people on the left a decade and a half ago, uh, that this practice be eliminated. And I think that every state should do that. Well, I can't disagree necessarily. It used to be you can't leave your house safely because of covid now, well, I am. I anticipate it'll be you can't leave your house now because you can't afford the gas to drive to the polls. Uh, Jason, anybody that's listening that would like to read more uh, on uh, uh, from your Honest Election Project, where do they go? Uh, you can check out our uh, website, HCP Action, uh, or our uh, uh, C3 counterpart, Honest Elections Project, at honestelections.org. Uh, and uh, we're also on Twitter and Facebook at Honest Elections. 